Thank you for tuning in to an extra special Centerpoint podcast on leadership from our Lead Well Nights. The whole goal of these nights and messages is for everyone to grow in their leadership, whether your leadership is at home, in the office, with parenting, a team, at school, at church, or in the community. We hope these talks grow you and grow your team. Enjoy! My name is Aaron Master. I'm the pastor of Centerpoint Church. Uh, so I'm going to kind of apply some of the things Aaron talked about based off of his notes and just our discussions preparing for this and see how kind of Jesus used some of these similar traits uh, that we can see in the Bible. Um, but before we kind of dive into that, uh, I wanted to share a little bit about me that's going to be kind of this running theme throughout the whole time we talk together here. Uh, I went to college actually at UW-Green Bay. I had three roommates And if you've ever heard me speak on a Sunday before, you've heard that although I'm a pastor and have gone to seminary, I stepped away from my faith in college and partied it up for quite a bit. Although I'm not super proud of this, there are some lessons I've learned. One in particular is the effect of a positive culture. Let me explain because I learned it in an unorthodox way. Uh, My roommates and I, we'd be out downtown hanging out, and as things were closing, we would be like, come on over to our apartment with all the people we were with. And we'd have like, you know, maybe five to 50 people over. Well, the first thing you do when you get back to your place is what? You get some music going, right? It's like the theme of a party. And this is where things just never took off with my roommate parties. Did I say party? I mean hangouts. Hangouts. One of my roommates was a metalhead. And he liked metal, like screamo music. But I knew it wasn't the preference of others. One of my roommates was into what I describe as old school rap, but it's like 80s rap, so some of you maybe are like, oh, that's, that's good rap. Uh, but it was fine, but old, and not so many people were really into that back then. And one of my roommates, he was kind of open to all music or all things, which is kind of where I land in the spectrum as well. Well, I want you to think. Have you ever walked into a space and it's like the right music is playing and it just feels good in a space? Who's been there before? Like the right music's playing, the right ambiance, it's amazing. Maybe it's like with this song, you know, like, right? It just feels good. Feels good, right? Or maybe, maybe it's with this song that these days, like you just want to dance and be happy. Or maybe it's like this one even, like, a little older, I got a feeling, you're just like, it's going to be a good night, right? It just feels good when these are playing. But our apartment at our hangouts had more of this. Prepare yourself. Had more of this. Demon Hunter. This is what like my roommate would be like, let's get this going. Party time. And people were not into it. Or the rap songs wasn't really taken off. It was never great. Your face is the same face others would have when these were playing. Now the reason I tell you this is a positive culture wasn't something people left with our, or left our apartment with when these songs were played. Unique, weird, eclectic, yes, but super positive, not a chance. And it killed me inside. It killed me inside because I could see and feel it in people. The vibe wasn't great, and it was kind of dead and negative. Now, I'm sure you've been there before. Maybe you don't use the term vibe or describe something dead or negative, but maybe you you can feel it or sense that there's a crabby culture or a gossipy culture or a frustrating culture or a complaining culture or a legalistic or strict culture. 
Although some of those aren't necessarily bad things and can be productive, a positive culture is one that has proven results and is advantageous for organizations on more levels than others. What is a positive culture? Indeed defines it like this. Uh, they define it as the outlook, the, the outlook and environment within an organization that, that cultivates collaboration, productivity, and satisfaction amongst employees. There was a survey done all about positive culture, and it said it boosts productivity by 17%, it reduces turnover by 41%, it lowers absenteeism by 41%, and it increases sales by 20%. Now, as you hear that, you might be like, I don't really lead something that needs those results. But for you, no matter what you lead, wouldn't greater productivity be better? Wouldn't more satisfaction from your people be better or nice? Wouldn't people desiring to be present more often make things easier? No matter whether it's your family, work, or some other organization, a positive culture can change things for the better. And as a Christian pastor, like, I analyze Jesus quite a bit on this. And I believe he achieved a lot of what he did by ensuring he was creating a positive culture with his people. I mean, the guy, he had financially nothing to offer, right? No benefits, no real perks, really. But Jesus spread his mission using 12 guys to get Christianity to what it's today. That's pretty productive. Jesus had thousands show up to hear him teach while he was on earth, and he's just a small-town dude. Like, and he definitely knew how to create a positive culture, a positive space that people wanted to be in. And finally, Jesus, he prompted people to have this newfound outlook on life and God where people actually changed their life in what I think many of us would see as extremely positive. So we're going to look at some of the specifics uh, that Jesus did and how he formed a positive culture and talk about how we can replicate them today. For the first one is Jesus took ownership he took ownership of the culture he was setting. He took ownership of it. Jesus was walking into a religious climate at the time where the religious was kind of for the elites. It was all about looking pretty, looking good, looking religious. It was legalistic. It was harsh. Well, Jesus comes in and he takes ownership of that. He takes ownership of it. Now, the Christian belief is Jesus was God's son, so when Jesus comes to earth, he has authority and confidence to change that climate, right? He has, he has, a, he has authority in it. And he feels confident in what he's doing. You can see that through the world's most famous verse, right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But the verse after that one, that's not so familiar for so many people, it says this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Although the religious climate and general negativity of the world state before Jesus was on our own doing, Jesus still takes ownership of it. He takes ownership of the state of the world. He takes ownership by addressing the cultural climate and assessing it. He assesses what's needed. He prepares to go to the people. He actually addresses what needs to be changed for people. He takes ownership of the culture he wants. And, he, and, and it was a start to a big change for faith. Now, as you think for yourself, have you done that in your own organization? in your family, in your team, in your situation. You're maybe noticing moods are down. People are crabby. There's inner turmoil. Are you going to take ownership of it and make it more positive? Or just let it fester? At home, I'm kind of known as the cleaner in our house. I'm the one that wants things nice, orderly, very nice. But my wife and I, we joke that there's this fairy that comes into our house 
and cleans the house at night? Anybody else have a fairy at their house that like cleans things? <laughs> the fairy's me. The fairy's me. It's kind of my role. <laughs> it's kind of my role I've taken on at home. Well, Sydney, she does other things, but there are times a wrapper gets left out at home or a leftover gets left in the fridge for a week or a month. And I used to be like, meh, it'll work its way into the garbage at some point and then shut the door. But in reality, no, it will not. No, it will not, right? It's up to me. I got to take ownership. That was the same for the parties in college for me. The vibe wasn't great. I noticed it. I felt I got to take ownership of this. As you crave for a positive culture in your family, team, or organization, where do you need to take ownership of something that isn't going the direction you want? Is it in the, the break room with the conversation with your other employees? Is it with how your kid speaks to others? Is it uh, the customer service experience? Is it the dynamic group conversations go in meetings? You sense this negativity, so embrace ownership and address it. Jesus, he notices there's something off, and he takes ownership of the religious culture. And what he does next is this. He, he leads by example through action. Jesus leads with positivity as his example. How he does that is Jesus converses with people who no one talks to. Jesus gives people second chances that no one else would. Jesus is inclusive to all. Jesus is extremely optimistic in people's outlook for the future. Jesus is intentional about changing the culture he's walking into by taking ownership of what he thinks is right and positive, and then he leads by doing what's needed through his example by his actions. I mean, Jesus hung out in the slums. That's kind of like what you read about. Does anyone actually want to do that? Like, does anyone actually desire to do that? I mean, I'm making an assumption here. I, I don't, this isn't biblical in a sense, but I think no. I think no. I think Jesus would say the slums weren't his preference, yet he led by example, by giving up his preference to create the culture he knew people needed. When you think about your own organization, are you intentional about that? giving up your preference to create the culture that's needed. Being positive or life-encouraging or being upbeat, it doesn't happen by accident. It's a choice. That choice for me, it happens after I have coffee. That's when I'm usually positive, after coffee each morning. It changes my mood. I'm intentional about drinking coffee every day. Anybody else? Because you know it impacts you? Yes. I'm a crab without coffee. I literally am a crabby person without coffee, and I'm well aware of this. But once I get that coffee in, you get this, you get me here today, like, I'm kind of happy and excited. You're welcome for drinking coffee for you today. But what this shows, though, is the person I naturally wake up as isn't naturally positive. It isn't. I, I think I'm a pretty positive person overall, but it's a conscious choice I have to turn on and do. And that's the same with what we need to do in our organizations, our teams, and families. It takes intentionality to make a culture positive. If you aren't sure what posi what's positive, maybe you need to start drinking some coffee uh, and see what happens to you. But for real, observe what people enjoy and don't enjoy. That, maybe that's how you can figure out what's positive. Look what people are craving and need. and Maybe you can see what's positive. Assess your own feelings, and then you can see what's positive. Again, Jesus led by, with a positive culture, by conversing with people no one talks to. That was caring to them. 
And that was a positive thing for most people. Jesus gives people second chances. That was forgiving, and people saw that as positive. Jesus is inclusive. He's open to all people. Jesus is hopeful for people's outlook for the future. He's optimistic for them. People wanted that. That was positive. Being these things, it's not fake, but it's something people desired and flocked to. I mean, it's something I personally desire and want when I go into a space or an organization. And Jesus set the culture of doing that for others and says we are to do that too. Luke 6, 31, it's a famous verse. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If we go back to my partying days, it sounds so silly to talk about like partying in the space where I also do church. Uh, it seems weird, but anyways, my, my roommates and I, we obviously were together a lot, crammed into a part, uh, an apartment a lot, all the time. So we'd hear each other's music playing a lot. And this is before AirPods. I'm not that young. Uh, but we knew each other's favorite songs because you could hear it nonstop. My favorites were house music and techno. Based off of your response right now and unsureness of what that even means is exactly what everyone else thought too at the same time. No one knew the songs that I liked. No one knew my favorite songs. But when we'd be hosting parties and when it was like my turn to pick the songs for, for, the, for the party, my roommate saw me intentionally pick songs that the majority of people enjoyed. I was leading by example to set this positive culture. It's the same strategy I use today. Uh, again, I, I lead Centerpoint Church, Center Church. I hope I lead by example here and by both creating a positive culture and being positive. How I do that is how I approach my conversations on Sundays all the way to how the music is picked on Sundays. Let me give you just some clear examples so that you can apply it to your own organization. I'd love to talk to my close friends and family that come on Sundays all the time. That'd be amazing if I just could talk to them the whole time. But I'm inclusive, and I try to talk to everyone, even the people that are super hard to talk to. They're there. It's true. I love long worship tunes. I love the style of long worship tunes. Most people we're reaching do not. They do not like long worship tunes. So we pick songs that people hear and connect with God in a greater way. I'm into thick theological discussions. Most people are not. So we try to provide a message that people are going to actually engage with and have the most positive life change that it's still God-honoring versus having people just choose not to show up. My messages, they're full of flaws and both vulnerable and kind of embarrassing stories that I don't love to tell, but it's an attempt so that others are willing to embrace a culture where we're all mess-ups. I try to lead by example in creating this positive culture that people actually want to be a part of. I'm not compromising my beliefs of what a Christian church should do, but I'm leading by example by putting a positive culture before my personal desires. Where do you need to do that? At home, with your team, with your organization? Where do you need to lead by being positive? For you, is it actually bringing energy to the, to the meeting, to the, the, the gala, whatever it is, when you're usually the quiet one, but you want to change the culture? Is it having small talk because you know it's what's needed, even though you're kind of the let's get her done type person, let's get to work right away? Do you praise like crazy and give high fives and hugs, even though you're not the type of person that really likes hugging or like giving high fives or touching, but you know it's what's needed to create this positive culture for your team? By the way, that's me. I am not a hugger, 
but I embrace that sometimes because there's a lot of huggers, especially in the church world. Jesus led by example to create a positive culture by doing the things he knew people needed. The last thing I think Jesus did to have the right culture that could hold even after his time on earth was over is Jesus invested in the right people. Jesus invested in the right people to get the culture he was desiring. A positive culture, again, it doesn't happen on accident. Someone needs to take ownership of it, they need to lead it, and then others need to embrace it. And then you have a positive culture because you have positive people. That's what creates a positive culture, positive people. That's partially how Jesus grew his ministry. I mean, he also was divine and God-led. That, that's a big part of how his ministry grew. But while Jesus was doing his ministry, he literally was with people all the time. Yet he invested heavily into a small group of people. These people got to see him forgive, love, accept the outcast, teach. He explained things to them. He gave them opportunities. He coached them. These people saw and embraced Jesus' vision for life. They embraced positive culture that he was creating. And these people, for lack of a better way to describe them, they weren't like your dream team type people, like, ooh, they're super positive or they're super amazing right away. One was a tax collector who probably stole. One was in the pursuit of their own greatness. One was a pretty big liar. Did Jesus saw something in them? Did they change immediately as Jesus invested in them? No. But did they embrace the positive culture Jesus was trying to create as he did invest in them? Yes. It's because Jesus poured into them. They got to see the culture he was creating, and they continued to follow him because they saw it working, and they continued to live the way he advocated for even after he left. To get Christianity to what it's today. If I go back to like my, my music situation, when I could point out to my roommates... But you see, like, no one's dancing when those songs are playing. So, like, you see that people aren't smiling when that song changes, or you see how everyone's leaving all of a sudden? My roommates, they saw the effects. We had to realign. What are we for? Playing our own music or having fun with other people? And the latter is what we chose. As you think about you, who do you need to invest in to help create a positive culture, and how do you need to invest in them? For you, do you need to help an employee the, see the value you think could change the culture positively in your, in your organization? Do you need to help your child see the goal of what you are trying to get them to? Do you need to help your community members see the purpose of being inclusive? Invest in them. As I wrap up, we can see that Jesus and Christianity had a positive culture, right? Yes, obviously people were just curious about Jesus being the Son of God, and that's a huge component of it. But the positivity was also a part of this undeniable, contagious thing others wanted to witness and be a part of. And we can see that Jesus took ownership, he led by example, he invested time in people, and then eventually got the right people to create a positive culture. As you ponder those, a few questions I want you just to think about for our five minutes here is this. I got, where do you need to take ownership of a situation and how can you set a positive tone in it? Where do you need to take ownership of a situation and how can you set a positive tone? The second question, what's a way you can lead by example to create a positive culture with your organization, with your family, at work? And then the last question, who do you need to invest in to help you create a positive culture wherever it is?